It was a very large convention hall of a large association, and there was a meet and greet going on. I was standing with some of my friends when out of the corner of my eye, I spotted my mentor standing against the wall. What was he doing? He was adjusting his pants or his belt. I don't know, but I had to giggle to myself. And I find him adorable. But the truth is, most people don't find that behavior adorable. (laughs) Do you have proper etiquette? Do you know the right things to do? And do you do them in different situations and circumstances? Hello, hello. This is Lara Pareka, and I'm so glad you're here. Etiquette, the customary code of polite behavior in society or among members of a particular profession or group. Having proper etiquette Here's the thing. Some people don't really know what to do and they have little faux pas. Other people know what to do and still do the wrong thing. But the truth is, if you are equipped with the knowledge, you can then adjust your behavior as you choose. For example, my mother, who is 81 years old, when, very unconventional by the way, when she was, let's say, I guess about 15 or 16, so this had to be 70 years, 65 years ago. She wrote an article on etiquette, and it was published in Seventeen Magazine. Yes, Seventeen Magazine has been around that long. Now, my mom, who wrote an article about etiquette, is one of the last people that actually uh, follows any convention or any rules when she goes anywhere. (laughs) She's the type of person who at a restaurant, when she's upset about something, will raise her hand and say, I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) So... I love unconventional people that don't show etiquette often, that aren't really using the social norms. However, here's the thing. You want to have uh, better relationships, attract more clients and customers, feel fabulous when you're out and about. If you want to be able to explore, expand, and enjoy, maybe having a little better idea of what proper etiquette is in business and in personal life can help you. So let's get started, shall we? Etiquette. It is situational. It has to do with the message you send. Other people, uh, whether you like it or not, are judging you and mostly by your actions and your appearance. Your ability to handle different social situations, different social settings can make or break whether you get the girl, whether you get the client, whether you get the job. Think about on an interview. There is proper etiquette on an interview. Think about different social set, um, social levels. If you are in with the elite, you need to follow different rules there are hidden rules, than if you are interacting in a group with, let's say, middle-class norms. So true, so true. And it's also true that if you are in the ghetto, you follow even a different set of norms. (laughs) You better not, uh, if you're walking around in the ghetto, be walking around at 10 p.m. prim and proper with a jacket on and a tie and asking people, do you have the time? You know, you, you would have to be very, very careful because in that setting, that is not the proper etiquette hate to tell you. (laughs) All right. No judgment, right? There is no judgment on any of this. It is just, are you going to step up or not? Do you want to learn social norms? In my book, up and coming book, How to Own Your Feminine Power, I have my students 
create a luxury word list. Why? Because the words you speak, the vocabulary you have, makes a difference in your life and will help you with your etiquette. I also teach the ABCs of relaxing into it because when you want to own your feminine power, you need to relax into that and develop yourself. So do you develop yourself? Do you help others develop themselves? And if so, maybe, just maybe, paying attention to etiquette can help you get to the next level. There is business and social etiquette, right? You want to outclass the competition? Then you need to learn the protocol. So here's what you can learn. How to be a savvy host and a guest. How to make an entrance and how to work a room. Did you know there's actually protocol for that? Making business and social introductions with confidence and poise. I remember being uh, very interested to learn that in with the elite, there is a different way of introducing someone to another. How about that? When you're in a normal middle-class social business gathering, you may introduce somebody one way, but if you are with the elite, almost like that secret handshake, <laughs> there's a different way of introducing someone. Laura, tell us, tell us the way. All right, I'll tell you. Give me a minute. Um, Making invitations, creating and accepting and declining invitations. There is a way to do it that won't offend anyone and that'll get you remembered in a good way. Interpreting nonverbal communication. Oh, that's fun for me to teach, and I bet you, you would be happy to learn some of that. Eye contact. Rising to the occasion, the benefits of etiquette and protocol intelligence. Okay, think about it, procedures and sets of rules that there is in social media and other things online. It's a whole different world. You're transmitting data, but you need to know how to do that. For example, I have a friend and colleague who taught me how to get an article published. The, the, the way you speak to the agent makes all the difference in the world for whether you get your article published or not. Uh, Giving and receiving business cards. We don't even do that anymore. Who even wants a business card anymore? But some people do, and so there is a way to do it and another way to not do it, (laughs) if you are so inclined. How about dressing? How do you dress? Yeah, we don't like it that people judge us. However, they do. Two nights ago, I was at a girlfriend's house and her niece's boyfriend came over, and he came in the room. We chatted for a few minutes, and they went in the backyard. The young people, <laughs> I guess I'm not young anymore. The young'uns went in the backyard, and my girlfriend and I sat chatting, and she said, you know, I love the way Colt dresses. And I remember saying, yeah, me too. I noticed that he's got on, got on a long sleeve buttoned shirt. He wears a belt. He, he dresses for success, and it is noticeable when someone does something different than the average person around them. Um, Did you know there's corporate etiquette and there's international etiquette? One of the valuable things about working with so many international students is that I have learned many different cultural ways of acting and how etiquette can be different in many different countries. Uh, We already talked about rank and status. Depending on your status, for example, if you're introducing someone to another, Who do you introduce, the person of lower rank and status to the other or vice versa? It matters. It shows your, not just your intelligence, but your ability to follow proper etiquette and give the proper respect where respect is due. 
Now, there are things in body language that you should avoid, and a lot of times we don't pay attention to our own body language, but we need to because people are reading those signals. Your conversation, your personal space. I know as a musician in my younger days, we always gave hugs and stood real near someone, but in other situations, like for example, if you're in a, uh, a business meeting and you don't know the other people in the room, standing too close can be taken uh, offensively. Even touching someone on the shoulder can be taken wrong. How many times have we seen this kind of stuff in social, uh, social settings in the media? Oh, he looked at me funny, or oh, he put his hand on my lower back, and that's not acceptable, right? People are just trying to be friendly, and <laughs> put your hand on someone's shoulder, and next thing you know, you're in trouble. So paying attention to this matters. Cultural awareness. How about this monochromatic time versus polychromatic time? There's a difference. In some cultures, people are more important than time. Keeping time. Oh my gosh, we have to hurry and get to the next meeting. No, we don't. This person deserves my full attention. And when we're finished with this conversation, then we'll move on. When you can recognize and respect that, you will no longer be upset with those international clients who don't follow the time frame. And they will no longer be upset with you for cutting them off because you have to rush somewhere because you realize that's not the proper etiquette. Did you know there are different global forms of address? Yes, the way you address someone makes a difference. And we already talked about social introductions and business introductions, giving and receiving cards. Do you? Should you? Should you give a card to someone? I teach that. I teach my people to give a thank you card when you're on an interview, when you have just met someone that uh, is an important business contact. Send a card. What else? Um, what to do before you begin negotiating? Well, there's proper etiquette for that. <laughs> Who knew, right? <laughs> well, I knew, and now you know. Uh, there are hidden rules in different socioeconomic status, uh, statuses, different classes, and I touched on that earlier. You wouldn't introduce someone the same way if you're with an elite group of people as you would with the middle class. You know, even with dress, they say the richest of the rich will wear uh, blue jeans because they can. <laughs> they don't have to dress up. I had a speaker friend who was proud to say he would not accept a gig that would not allow him uh, to wear blue jeans on stage, but he said it didn't start out that way. He said when he started speaking, he had to wear a suit because that's the way it was. Once he got to a certain level, yeah, he can wear blue jeans on stage because he has earned that right. All right, let's see. Let's take a little quiz and see how you do. Are you ready? Let's do some simple business etiquette. How about we start with email? Because everyone writes emails. So this surely you can find some little nuggets of information here that'll help you. Email etiquette. What should you put in the subject line? Well, the subject line really needs to help the reader. And the quicker you know this, the more you're in sales and marketing, you realize this. You really do. You spend more time coming up with what you're going to put in the subject line than you do on the actual content sometimes. The name, the, the name of your book is more important. Sometimes you spend hours or even days coming up with a good name for your book. Why? Because that's capturing their attention. And out of respect and politeness, you need to give them an idea of what it is they're going to read. So you need a meaningful subject line that clarifies your message, lets them know what it's about. Help them prioritize whether that's something they need to read, read right away. 
Some people don't even include a greeting. Proper etiquette says add a greeting, dear so-and-so or hi so-and-so, and make sure you end with something like best. Not sincerely. Sincerely is old. Actually, even best regards is old. What is really popular now, and I don't say popular because a lot of people do it. I say popular among those that are in content writing and in sales and marketing because they have been able to look at the data and more responses come from emails that say at the bottom, thank you, instead of sincerely, Lara, or best regards, Lara, or best, Lara. The better thing is to say, thank you, Lara. How about that? Take that nugget and use it. Well, let's see what else you already know about. Make sure you check spell check and you avoid abbreviations. Make sure your punctuation and grammar are correct. I can usually tell when a second language, especially someone that's not proficient in English, writes to me because it's just different. And because I've worked with a lot of second language students over the years, they forget to use an article, which means a, the, and they um, obviously will spell things wrong sometimes, or they'll be too polite. They will say, kindly do this or that. (laughs) And Americans are not going to have that word too often in anything they write. Kindly. (laughs) Now, maybe in England or Europe it may be different, but here in America, there are social norms. Everywhere there are. How about capital letters? I've had to tell my mom, Mom, don't text or email in all capital letters. That's yelling. She says, oh, I didn't realize that. It's just hard for me to see. So it's easier easier for me to see when they're capitals. That's why I do that. <laughs> now she no longer does that. All right, be aware that the tone doesn't come through well in text messages and emails and that because the tone doesn't come through as well, you want to be extra careful, extra attentive to what you say right? And don't do gossiping and complaining because guess what? I remember a boss once when I had a, a very influential job telling all of us, she said, "What? don't put anything in, e- in a email that you wouldn't want the whole world to read. That was really good advice. Do not email something you don't want the whole world to read. <laughs> I was like, hmm, that's, that's very interesting because you never know. People can cut and paste. People can forward. Before you know it, you're in big trouble. So that's a little bit of etiquette is to be careful with the tone and remember people can forward things. Should you keep emails short and to the point? Obviously, yes. Some people get so long-winded. It's an email, <laughs> right? It's not a report. What about those little um, icons, emoticons, or whatever they're called? People like to use those, but they're not really professional. So if it's a friend in business, go ahead. But if it's someone you've just met, or if it's a very formal situation, you really shouldn't. Now, here's the biggest, best tip I've ever given about email. Reread before you hit send. You and I have all realized once you've sent something that, uh uh-oh, wait a minute, I didn't reread it. (laughs) That happens to me notoriously with text messages. It'll autocorrect, and I'll be like, oh, no, it keeps changing it. That's not what I was trying to say. So make sure you reread. All right, let's talk about when you go out. Let's play a little, a little, um, what what would you want to call it? Uh, Not true or false, but best answer. All right, you bite into a piece of something gross or a piece of meat that's too tough 
and you're at a business dinner, what do you do? One, you pretend to wipe your mouth and you deposit it into the napkin. Two, you use your fingers or a fork to remove it and place it on the edge of your plate underneath a piece of parsley. Number three, you swallow it and hope you don't choke. (laughs) Number four, none of the above. What would you do? (laughs) There's this one here. We could argue over a couple of these answers. So there really is no one right answer. It's kind of a trick question. All right. What about at the dinner table? You notice that the person on your left is eating your roll from your bread plate. What do you do? This has happened to all of us, right? If you've, if you've ever eaten with a number of people. Now, if it's your friend, you can say, uh, can you pass me the rolls? And they realize they've taken your plate. But what are you going to do, right? People pay attention. They watch you. And if you're doing it incorrectly, if you are just grabbing, then, hey, she grabbed my plate, so I'm going to grab the plate on the right. <laughs> well, then what about that person when they go to grab their, their roll and they don't have a plate? So you kind of got to think, what should I do? <laughs> well, here's one idea to think, well, I didn't really need a roll after all. It's the universe telling me don't eat bread. <laughs> All right, let's see. Another thing you can do. Oh, here's a great one. At the restaurant, after dinner, the waiter is clearing your place, getting ready to clear your place setting. What do you do? Do you scrape your neighbor's plate onto yours and hand him a pile of dirty plates? Do you help him clear the table and hand him the dirty glasses too? Do you do nothing and let the waiter do his job? Or do you ask the waiter if he wants that piece of steak left on your plate after you only ate half of it? <laughs> Obviously, that one was put there to make us laugh. But the truth is, I've, I was a waitress when I was younger. How many of us were waiter, wait, wait people? We don't want to even say waiter and waitress anymore. How many of us were servers in our life somewhere? We feel like it's only natural we should help, right? But the truth is, proper etiquette is don't do anything. That is their job. You're there to talk with the people you're with and to have your conversation and to not be distracted by the dishes. So really, proper etiquette is to let them do their job. All right, you're with very important clients. You need to blow your nose. What do you do? Oh my gosh, I am so glad I'm not often with very important clients because for some reason, when I'm finished eating, I always need to blow my nose. (laughs) But the proper etiquette is to actually excuse yourself. Go to the bathroom or somewhere else and blow your nose there. Think about it. People don't want to hear that sound they might still be eating. I had a dear friend. I think I just attract, uh, I attract people in my family and my friends who just do not have great etiquette. But I had a family friend named Larry. Larry was a tall, skinny black guy. He was our dearest friend. And of course, that's probably not politically correct for me to call him a tall, skinny black guy because in our circles, that was fine. But because half of my friends are black, but apparently maybe we should say African-American. So forgive me if I've offended anyone. However, uh, he would, would be at a restaurant and to rinse out his mouth, he would take his glass of water, pretend to drink some of it, slush around in his mouth and spit it back in the glass. Now the problem is <laughs> the glasses are always see-through. So you could always say, why does his water look weird with little things floating in it? <laughs> because he did not have proper etiquette when it came to his drink at the table. All right, I don't know if this is as hilarious to you as it is to me. However, 
Um, traveling internationally, the host serves you a delicacy that you wouldn't dream of eating in your native country. What do you do? Do you politely decline and say, no, thank you, and ask for something else? Well, you know that's not the answer. Do you pick at the delicacy with your fork and drink a lot of wine? <laughs> that was put there to make you laugh. Do you try and eat as much as you can? Or do you eat it but let the host know you're only doing it to please him? <laughs> what would you do? All right, when you're finished dining, where should your napkin be? Folded loosely and placed at the right side of your plate? Folded loosely and placed at the left side of your plate? Folded loosely and placed in the center of your plate? Or balled up and given to the waiter? And that was the distraction, the last one, because you know it's not that. Well, do you know? Because you can know now, I'll tell you. The answer is, drum roll please, folded loosely and placed on the left side of your plate. For proper etiquette, that's what you must do next time. All right? <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm having so much fun with this. And the funny thing is, I put off this episode for the longest time. I just decided, oh, I just don't have time. I can't do this one on etiquette. And now I'm so glad I did. It's just so much fun. When making a proper business introduction, do you introduce the client to the president of the company? Do you introduce the president to the client? Do you wing it? Do you let them introduce themselves? Well, the worst thing is to let them introduce themselves. And I'll tell you the way uh, the elite do it. Upper class does it different. Remember, I had already told you that they do it differently. You're going to introduce your client to the president of your company. Now, if this is an elite situation, when you introduce someone, here's how you do it. John, this is Robert. Robert is the number one Yelp lawyer lawyer or um, injury attorney in all of Las Vegas. Robert, this is Mr. James Madison, the owner of Madison Bakery Worldwide Corporation or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making things up. But your way of introducing with the elite circles is the person that's your friend who you're bringing into the circle who's not in the circle. You introduce them to the other person. You say what the other person does and they're... they're um, their stature, there's their, something special about them, usually about their work. But even if it's not, even if you're at a Christmas party and you're saying, Mary, this is Joanna. Joanna is my neighbor and ha her, her husband is the manager, one of the managers at the MGM. Joanna, this is so-and-so. And you say what they do or something about them, even if it's just, this is um, my aunt Louise. Louise has uh, three children that two of them are doctors and one is a lawyer. Something. You give them a little bit of information about the other person. Number one, that helps them remember who they are. And number two, it makes them feel more comfortable. And number three, they might be able to strike up conversation because it's something you said allows them then to kind of lead into whatever they say next to each other. But the real reason the elite do it is because of the pecking order. It's more about, okay, let's try to figure out where you fit in. All right, you're dining with a potential client and your cell phone rings. What do you do? Do you ignore it and pretend someone else's phone is ringing? <laughs> How many of my audience members have done that when I've been on stage? Or if you are a speaker, if you've been on stage and someone's phone rings and they look around and pretend it's not theirs, <laughs> answer it within two rings and keep the call brief. Apologize, step away from the table and take the call in the restroom. That is not the right answer, by the way. Apologize and turn the phone to silent mode. The person you're with takes priority. 
Well, obviously, folks, that's the correct answer. If you receive an important email from the CEO of your company and realize it was earmarked for your supervisor, what do you do? Well, you could just forward it. You could forward it with a note explaining why you are sending it. You could delete it and consider it spam and forget about it. (laughs) Or you could print it out and share the contents with the entire office. This is kind of silly. But sometimes we think, oh, I should just forward it real fast. But then it's confusing. They'll be like, why are you sending me this? So you actually should um, add a note to it. If an angry customer calls to complain, how many of us have dealt with uh, customer service issues? What do you do? Your employees need to be trained to handle this, by the way, if you have any employees. Quickly put the caller in his place by yelling back. After all, no one has the right to yell at you. Now, we might laugh at that, but how many employees think that they are on the same level as the customer? They don't realize the customer is always right, and they will actually do something like that. Put the person on hold as quickly as possible and blow off some so they can blow off some steam. I've had this happen to me. People have just put me on hold, and I thought, oh, not a good employee. Not a good employee. Hang up the phone and make sure that all the lines are kept busy. This happened to me once (laughs) with a law firm that had very inexperienced staff in the front. And uh, they were taking care of a ticket for me. I had gotten a ticket for speeding on Christmas Eve. I was going to a store to purchase something for my daughter. I was going to meet her there, actually. And they had a... um, a trap, a speed trap on the freeway. Anyway, um, I hired this company to help me with the ticket, and oh my gosh, they, they did all these things here that were the wrong things to do. Stay calm, listen to the caller's complaint, and quickly attempt to help or get help for him or her. Well, that's the right answer, but most people, like I said earlier on this podcast episode, many people know the right thing to do, but they still don't do it. When you're expressing thanks to someone who's given you a gift, should you have your secretary call them and thank them? Should you send them a handwritten note? Should you send an email because it's faster and more efficient? Or would a verbal thank you be enough? Mm, Believe it or not, sending that handwritten note is the best. Which is appropriate for a business lunch meeting? Only men should stand for handshakes and all introductions. By the way, in America, too many men are not keen on social etiquette. When you're sitting at a table and a woman enters and walks up to the table, you should stand. Everyone should stand. It is proper etiquette. All right, let's get back to the question. What's appropriate for a business lunch? Only men should stand for handshakes and all introductions. It's not necessary for men or women to stand for handshaking. Uh, Women should stand for introductions, but not for shaking hands. Hashtag COVID-19. (laughs) Uh, Both men and women should stand for handshakes and introductions. Which one is it? Well, really, in our modern times, it's both. You know, back in the day, women weren't even really in business conversations. But um, now you should both stand if you're going to do introductions and someone comes up to the table. Um, By the way, let me tell you another little personal bit of etiquette that's important. If you are walking along the street. Let's say you and your wife are walking along the street at night because you like to take walks at night and it's dark and whatever. It doesn't even matter if it's dark or light. Where should you be standing? You should be standing on the side where the traffic is. You should be standing between the woman and the vehicles that are passing by. That is proper etiquette. And I don't need to tell you why, but I bet you never even thought of it. But it's true. You are showing with your body language protection it is a way of showing care 
and uh, protecting the woman. The woman is not to be standing on the outside where if, God forbid, a car did swerve, <laughs> she'd be the first one to go. That's not proper etiquette. Next time you're walking, business or pleasure, along the sidewalk, make sure if you are a man that you are on the side where the cars are passing by. If there are people passing by, you are on that side. You protect the woman. It sends a level of safety and security to her so she will feel better even if she doesn't realize why. That is your final tip for today for etiquette. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. You you have my permission to re-listen if you'd like to brush up more on your etiquette. Talk again soon. Have a fantastic day.